And now, join Kevin Hart as he dives into the minds of some of your favorite celebrities. This is Gold Mines with Kevin Hart. Welcome to an all new episode of Gold Mines. You already know what we do here. I should not tell you because you already know. We get inside the minds of amazing people, amazing talent. And oh my God, today's talent is no different, man. You know, I know you hear this a lot. And in hearing this, I don't know if you take me serious when I say it. But during this show, there are times where I get to talk to friends. There are times where I get to talk to people that I not only respect, but that I admire. Not just because of their talent, but because of what they've been able to do. Let me give you a breakdown of what my guest has been able to do here before I say his name. Five-time New York best-selling author. Okay, I said five. That means if you got fingers, you got one hand, you know how many times that is. That's a big deal. To do it five times shows that you got you got addicted. You didn't just get the success one time. You got it. You got it once, twice, three, four, then five. That's a big deal. He has two serious XM channels. One is Radio Andy and the other one is Andy Cohen's Kiki Lounge. By the way, to do two radio shows shows that is very, very selfish. He has a high level of appetite for success and he loves money. More importantly, he loves to be creative. He's also an executive producer on The Real Heist Wives and Watch What Happens Live. Ladies and gentlemen, I consider... Him to be a friend. Please welcome Andy Cohen to Gold Mines. Well, hello, there he friend. is. How are you? How was that? How was that? That for was great. Thank you. It was you. good, right? I appreciate it. You're a good oh, hype man. Here's a good thing, man. You know, I've always been in your seat. And by your seat, I've been a guest on your show. Uh, and being a guest on your show, man, you know, you get to ask the questions. You get to navigate and make the interview what you want it to be. And as an amazing guest, I follow your lead. I follow your lead, Andy, but in this case, man, this is a show where you aren't prepared. You don't know what's going to happen. And I do. And what's going to happen is the audience is going to get to hear you talk in a manner and in a way that they've never heard you talk before. That's the beauty of talking. That's the beauty of unfiltered, great conversation. That's what we're about to have. Is that okay with you, Andy? I am so down, Kevin. I love love you so much. And I love it when you're on my show. So I'm honored to be on yours. This is Gold Mines, hosted by Kevin Hart. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking... One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Now more from Kevin Hart on Gold Mines. This is honestly, this is honestly one of my favorite. I would say in my top three, my top three things to do which is just raw, uh, raw, authentic conversation, transparency, Um, you know, getting guests to let their shoulders down and just talk. Um, My first question is is simple, man. You know, I asked you before we started, I was like, damn, Andy, how long have you been doing your your show? You know, when you think Bravo, you really do think Andy Cohen. And, you know, one of the things that I think are a testament to like some of the the biggest, the biggest staples to success in the business are long-term relationships between talent and studio. Do you ever look back and like think about your trajectory on Bravo, like through the years, now that you're at 15? How do you feel when you take a look back and go, God damn, God damn. 15 years. Great. Uh, I've actually been at Bravo for 20 years. I started as an executive. I was in charge of programming. Um, for years and we developed top chef and the housewives and below deck and you know all the shows they're they're all still there actually um and there have been you know new shows as well and uh several years into it my boss who ran the network she saw something in me and she knew that i had wanted to be in front of the camera initially And I worked, I had been at CBS News for 10 years at the beginning of my career as a news producer. And so she saw something in me. And so 
Um, she let me kind of play around in front of the camera doing live stuff on the on bravotv.com. And then um, they said, look, we can produce this talk show for like a dime uh, if you would be interested in it, you know, in addition to your day job. And I was like, absolutely put me in, try me out. And I thought, and they, they ordered 12 episodes at midnight and it was live at midnight for 12 episodes. And I was like, oh, this show is going to get canceled and I'm going to go back to my day job and that's going to be that. And um, so now we are 15 years later. It you know, it was stripped five nights a week, a few years into it, at which point I, I took, I changed my day job at Bravo and I just became in charge of development. And then that was only sustainable for about a year because you can't be in charge of development and be producing and hosting your own talk show at the same time. It was just too much. Uh, but I held on to the housewives and I was able to, to remain one of the executive producers of that show, which is something I'm really proud of. But when, so when you say 15 years, no, I can't believe watch what happens live has been on for 15 years. And I can't believe that I've been at Bravo for 20 years. And I really can't believe that was initially my dream for the first, uh, you know, 15 years of my career, which was to be in front of the camera. I can't believe it happened. And um, I, I'm so I have a lot of gratitude associated with it and a lot of joy with it because um, I realize how how lightning in a bottle that that is that somebody believed in me and let me do it. I would have no problem if I was still not just but if I was still a TV executive producing shows and that that was my day job. That would be really cool. But now it's like the ultimate fantasy for me. You know, you said something that's so dope, man, where you, you talked about the trajectory. Um, and of course, starting behind a desk, starting as a creative, starting as an idea guy, um, someone that just was a part of the conversations of how to make a show successful. What yeah. are the pieces that we need to, to, to basically put this puzzle together uh, and, you know, have the picture on display to where people constantly want to look at it and come back to look at it again. Um, as a developer, as a creator, that gives you an amazing advantage, especially when now going in front of the camera, right? Because you're always thinking about the added things uh, that could make the show better. The components that could have been missing in the earlier stages that you could feel or that you could see from your experience behind a desk. Um, were you really influential uh, in those early decisions where you talk about Watch What Happens Live? Like how much were you just kind of like the 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 talent for or did you make sure to show the experience that you had from being on the other side uh in those earlier stages like when you first started filming the show oh yeah i was very much i came to them with a format i knew exactly what i wanted the vibe to be i knew what i wanted the show to be i knew that I wanted to drink on the show. I knew that I wanted to not do pre-interviews. I knew that I wanted to play some games. And really, I mean, Howard Stern is a is a big role model of mine uh, in terms of the way that he interviews. I think mm -hmm. that he's mm -hmm. not only, you know, really smart and he comes at it from you know, a place where he wants to leave no stone unturned, but he also is going to ask the shit that you know that you want answered. And that, yes. and I feel like I kind of cut my teeth interviewing housewives. I was already interviewing housewives and saying to them questions that you couldn't necessarily get away with, with like JLo when she came on your show or whatever, where I was like, did you have your breasts done? And, you know, asking these very personal uh, questions to real housewives when I was doing these reunions. And then when I started to get celebrities on watch what happens live, most of whom at the beginning were friends of mine and were coming on as favors. I could, I, I was, I was fairly fearless about asking them things that maybe they weren't going to get asked other places. And I think that that lends to the authenticity of watch what happens live. And I think authenticity on television is, um, Super, super important. I think if you're totally different from who you are when the camera is off versus the camera being on, then 
this is this is a weird construct. Well, here, well, here's the here's the amazing thing about you, though, right? It's not salacious. It's not well, malicious, right? Well, it's here's not malicious, what, but it can well, be a little salacious. Well, hear me out. Hear me out when I okay. when I when I say it, right? Okay. I cuss. I cuss like a sailor, right? I'm bitch, motherfucker, ass, shit. I'm I'm all over the board with it. But because of how I do it, it's never deemed to be like, oh God, I can't listen to him. I can't right. take it. It's so raw. It's so much. There's a charm and a cadence attached to what I'm talking about, the profanity while talking about it to where you're never offended. There's a yeah. charm that comes with your approach. And that's why like you've asked me some of the craziest questions and like things that could be deemed to be salacious uh, or like out of the box, but because of your approach and your charm attached to the, 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 the idea behind the question, it's never taken wrong. You don't have guests that are like, okay, I can't stand this guy. I don't like coming on this platform. Instead, the unsafe makes it safe. The unsafe cadence makes it a safe space. And that's why I think the the show has gained the legs over the course of time. And we're talking about being on 15 years. It's an amazing promo stop for all. Why? Because Thank of the you. engagement, because of the audience, the live component, and because of the relationships that you've built over the time. It's all attached to the person. So I hope that you you really see not just the talent in Andy Cohen, but the talent in navigating in a space and place where some people just piss people off, where some people right. just make it weird and they go, fuck that, I'm not coming back. You, you've done a phenomenal job. But I mean, even like when you're talking about um, the Real Housewives, which you've been a part of now, how many years does, does the Housewives have? The Real Housewives? Uh, I think it's been going, I think we're on year 17 or okay. 18, okay. something like that. Okay. 17, wow. 18. You yeah. are in the middle of some of the most highlighted drama on television when you sit sure. in these reunion shows and you yeah. host. It takes yeah. a lot of comfort. To be in the yeah. middle of that and navigate that and trust that these personalities are personalities that you can manage. You've developed the trust of women that have put themselves in the positions to not like or not be like or have conflict or not have conflict, but the same space of safes they share. And that's the space of what well, Andy's hosting and Andy, I'm, I'm trusting that he's going to handle this. He can bring it back down. He can bring it back up. Even that to me is a testament to like great talent. I've seen hosts host these reality shows and get lost in the craziness. They get lost and there's never, there's never a moment of coming back. There's never a moment of like having the objective or solving uh, the objective at hand, which is hopefully finding a through line and hopefully finding a space of like calm, agreeance, or, or like just walk away, whatever it may be. My friend, you do it well. And I am Thanks, here to man. admit because of you, I've watched some of these shows. And I know you probably don't think I do, Andy, but I do. Okay. My wife is maybe well, watching. Excuse some. me. You were, you're married. You also yeah. were on a show called The Real House Husbands of Husbands, Hollywood, which, is, which and, is off of this. Uh, and you <laughs> beat me to took it. part in a very <laughs> iconic uh, segment of Clubhouse Playhouse on Watch What Happens Live a few weeks ago that went viral. Such a great, uh, such a good idea. And, and so, uh, you know, I'm not totally surprised by that, but I love it nonetheless. It, but like, what's the backstory to how the Real Housewives even started and came about? As someone that mocked it with the Real Husbands of Hollywood, I would love to know how the real version of the show came up. It it came about from um, a, a man called Scott Dunlop who uh, lived in Cota de Casa, which is the largest gated, largest gated community in the country. It's in Orange County. He brought us uh, this VHS tape of these women in his neighborhood. And I think his initial idea was that he wanted to do like a curb your enthusiasm style show, kind of, um, kind of mocking suburban life or something. Yeah. But we saw in these women that first of all, they weren't actresses, but B 
They were just, you know, we're looking at them. Their boobs were bigger than we had seen. Their hair was blonder. They had these huge houses. They spoke to their children in a way that we hadn't seen. And the show Desperate Housewives was a big hit on ABC at the time. And we kind of backed into the idea uh, that these could be the real housewives, the desperate wow. housewives that's on ABC. These are real housewives. So you talk about the real husbands of Hollywood jumping off that. The yeah. real housewives jumped off the success of desperate housewives wow. on ABC. And I keep saying we because it's really important because I get all the credit for this show, mm -hmm. but nothing comes alone. And there was an incredible Absolutely. team of people uh, at Bravo, each who brought something different to uh, to it. And I remember my boss, I believe it was her idea, Lauren Zelaznik, to have them holding oranges at the beginning of the show. And I remember our lawyer saying, you can't have them holding oranges because the Desperate Housewives on ABC hold apples in the ad campaign. And my boss, who was rather fearless, was like, well, ABC doesn't own fruit. We can do this, you know? And she was smart enough to say it was, we were going to call it the Real Housewives. And then she was the one who said, let's call it the Real Housewives of Orange County in mm. case we ever do it in another city. And I was like, we are never going to do this in another city. That title sounds so dumb. And so here I am, the yeah. idiot who's now looking at this postcard on my desk of all the cities all of the Housewives cities. that we all have going cities. to remind me of everything we have going on. Atlanta, Beverly Hills, New Jersey, Dubai, you know, on and on and on. So that man. that is a nutshell of how it started. Well, you know what, man? It's a great story and it's a great it's a great a great amount of success attached to a clear definition of an IP that becomes franchisable. When you yeah. crack that code, it's uh, it's pretty incredible. And not many do, man. Yeah. You guys have cracked it correctly. So congrats. I love it. I want to get into like the world of you and the author of you, right? Of course, we're talking about the world of success that you had as an, as an exec at one point, uh, you know, developing, creating, uh, you then shifted and navigated that business to being in front of the camera. Um, I want to know about you as an author, right? Um, the stories that you're telling and the reason behind it. Where did the want and interest come from to like start to get into literature and develop a fan base there as well? What started that? Uh, I think that, well, I just thought I had stories to tell and I love writing. I mean, I, I've mm -hmm. always loved writing. Is that the and first love? Kind of, uh, no, I don't think so. No, TV was always my first love, okay. but I just, okay. I loved writing and I was in a position where I was fortunate enough to have publishers who were interested in a book from mm -hmm. me. And so it was, I, I now have a book imprint uh, and uh, it's great. We published Mariah Carey's um, memoir, which was incredible. And uh, we've published a few other books as well as my own books. And, uh, and it's just really exciting. I love the publishing so industry and I love writing. It's very personal. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I've written three books that are diaries, which I love the format of. And I think that I, I, they're inspired by Andy Warhol's diary, which came out after he died, which is a very dishy, uh, funny book, but it's also kind of a, uh, window into pop culture, from the time that he was keeping a diary because he was living in the center of pop culture and he was going to all these parties and he was living in New York and he was, you know, doing everything that he did and he was intersecting with all these people. And here I was, and I was like, wait a minute, I'm hosting a talk show. I'm producing this show, which is a, a, a water cooler smash hit. Um, and I'm also running around New York city. Uh, and maybe I should try to write a diary that is inspired by Warhol's diaries. And I did one and it became a huge hit. And I've now written three of those diaries. And it's a format that's incredibly easy for me. It's e it would be, you know, it's easy to keep a diary. But you know what? Knowing your voice as a writer is one of the strongest things that you can strongest it, it's a it's a great strength to know your voice as a writer and so i feel fortunate that i know my voice and i'm not scared to sit down and say oh i'm gonna start writing 
You know, I, I love the nod to Andy Warhol, first of all. I also love um, acknowledging, you know, a format. And for our listeners, you know, formats or um, structure or um, templates, like these are things where you find a lot of success, especially when you are a ideator, right? When you're uh, an individual that is constantly coming up with creative concepts, ideas, and you're like, well, Dad, where can this best suit me? Where can I best position myself or this thing to be something or have the best chance to be something? And what you just heard Andy say is like, this format was something that I thought I could do and I wanted to try. And the concept of journaling uh, is what a lot of people marry themselves to. And in journaling, you know, you're basically, you're you're, you're charting uh, your course of events on a day-to-day basis. The question is, is like, what do a lot of people do with those journals at the end? It's a big right. question that I have because there's a lot of people that journal their entire lives and that book just gets tossed to the side and it's discovered by your niece or nephew after you pass when your niece or nephew is 17 or 18 and they read the journal and they go, wow. My mom was unbelievable or pop pop was unbelievable. In this case, Andy is taking the liberty to say, well, I'm not going to let you discover minds in a time of old. I'm going to give it to you in real time. Um, That is true. Or they they look at them and they're like, boy, pop pop was fucked Yeah, yeah, he had a lot of issues. Would you consider yourself uh, as a person that is uh, a forever work in progress because of issues? Or do you feel like you've done a lot of work to get past? self of old like reading one of the diaries uh that were in the beginning versus reading one of now do i see a big difference in you you as a person yeah you do because i mean the first two diaries and i kind of after the first two i was like okay i think i'm done i think i'm done and and frankly the when when you write down for publication what you do every day whether you like it or not, it is going to cause you. I'm not a deeply reflective person on how I do what I do, or I just keep moving forward. And if I'm happy, I keep going and everything's good. If I'm not happy or if I fuck up, I course correct and, you know, keep going. That's just how I am. I'm not someone who's in my head all the time. But when you put out two diaries of yourself, you will have to look at yourself. And I have to say that and approaching 50 um, were two things that really led me to come to the crossroads in my life where I said, okay, this is not sustainable. I could just be, what is the meaning here? Am I just going to be partying every night and being a talk show host and Um, sleeping around and running around and, you know, is this going to power me for the rest of my life or is there something deeper for me? And I think that um, those were two things, turning 50 and the books that really caused me to uh, have kids and make that decision to have kids. So I stopped writing the books when I was in the process of having my son, who's my first child, I started writing I was like, oh, this would be a great time to keep a diary, like of Mm -hmm. everything going through this. Mm -hmm. And I started writing and I was like, oh my God, I don't want my son to read this. This is crazy. I can't publish this book. So I shelved it. And then after I was, I was, I had my feet in the ground as a parent and I was expecting my second child. Then I said, you know what? I'm going to return to this diary format. And even though the format will be the same, I have changed a lot as a person. I'm now a dad and I'm just living my life differently. The the talk show's still there. The friends are still there. The, you know, look, I still party and have fun, but it's not the driving force of my life. And so I was able to, you know, just share my life as a single dad, in a, you know, and that was a new wrinkle, I think. Otherwise, the diary would have been unsustainable. I mean, that's that's, that's the growth uh, that we all hope to achieve and obtain, right? You know, yeah. um, being present and also being aware, right? I think, yeah. of course, for myself, I've talked about it on this podcast several times. You know, I'm no stranger to the world of struggle. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a mess, but at the same time, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm aware, 
right? Like I'm right. not, I'm not ignorant to what my problems were or what problems are. Um, I'm also a part of the solve. I'm also a part of uh, making the change. And I like that your change just comes with the attachment to your kids because those goddamn babies, man, they're responsible for so much. And the biggest piece is always attached to like your personal growth. Like, yeah. What do you want your kids to see you as, respect you as, and know you for? Like, those are the things that you do start to think about um, on a higher level. You mentioned that you have you have two. Uh, what's the age? What's the age difference? Five and uh, like one and a half. Oh, good. We're right there. I think my youngest is six and three. I think okay. six, and, okay. six and three. Yes. Six is getting cool. Once you crack, once you get to like eight, nine, that's where it's going to get really, really dope. Like, you know, oh, the good. wants, the needs, the conversations, yeah. you know, yeah. it's going to get very mature, very fast. And you're going to be right. like, oh, these are, these are little versions of me. Like, they're, right. like you're going to start to see so much of yourself uh, at those ages where it's almost, it's almost mind blowing, to be honest with you. A little mind blowing. Um, Are your you kids said, funny? Uh, my daughter's sitting next to me now. She thinks she is, but she's she's not. Her comedy's trash. Uh, I love her. I love her to death. No, man, my kids are, they're brilliantly funny. Uh, I, I could say that I got very lucky and they all got blessed with the little, the little humor gene. Yeah. Um, so I can't, yes. I can't say that they aren't. They are. Here's, here's a good question for you. You talked about, you know, oh man, there was a moment like where I was going out, I was partying, I was having a good time, I was sleeping around. Um, and you now saying like, I still go out, but it's not the same. The departure from that, uh, did you lose friends or did you choose to remove friends? Uh, I didn't remove any. I'm not someone who loses a lot of friends. I'm someone who okay. accumulates and keeps going. And I'm someone you who- accumulate you accumulate know, friends yeah, after 50? I continue. I mean, if I make a, you know, listen, there's no greater joy than making a, a great new friend that becomes at, very important in your life. After the age, no, fuck that. I'm done. 40, no shot. Nobody's got a I'm chance trying, of getting in. Nobody's got I'm a chance. I'm trying to think. Man, I haven't had a new I, friend in 20 years. Is that true? Yes. I don't have no new goddamn friends. I want no new friend. Get out of here, I, loser. I, I, That's what I tell you. <laughs> Asking me for my phone number. Hey, That's maybe you, give me your phone number. Maybe we can hang out. Absolutely not, sir. You better go figure it out with somebody else. This friend circle is closed. I don't have a ton. My real circle is really friends that I've had, by the way, since like high school and college. Okay. Those are people okay. who I still talk to every day of my life. I mean, I'm not okay. saying I'm not like it's not come one, come all over here. My standards okay. are also incredibly high. But okay. um you know, I mean, John Mayer, our mutual friend, is someone yeah. who I got very close to in the last 10 years. So he's a, in the scope of my guy. long life, a relatively new friend, but he's one of the most important people around now. He's a, so, John is a um, great, a great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. A watch yeah. buddy of mine. Me and yes, John talk, is. talk watches. We love watches. Yes. Uh, but just an all around, um, he's a good spirit. Yes, you know what I mean, he he's he's, he's one of those people, like a really a really really good spirit. Uh, yeah. I got to keep it moving because I, I love where the conversation is going. You know, now I want to shift. Right, somehow you end up on CNN. Somehow you are now a face attached to hosting New Year's Eve. Uh, shouts out to Coop. I love Coop as well. Um, he loves you know, you. I know you're going to be seeing him soon. I'm going to see him. Yeah, we're doing like a, a nice weekend. little dope thing with 60 yeah. Minutes. He's going to get to hang out with me a little bit. But like, I really, yeah. I really like Coop. I like talking to him. Like, he's yeah. a, he's like, there's certain journalists where, you know, when you really get to see why they're in the position that they're in, their commitment, their love for it. Like, you know, in talking to him in length, I've just, I have such a greater respect for how far he's willing to go um, yeah. to tell the story and make sure yeah. the story is the right story. He's, he's a committed, I'm a committed talent in that, yes, in that space is. and craft. Um, how did that happen? How did you guys like end up like doing this together? How did that come about? More Gold Mines with Kevin Hart after this. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? 
Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact, with semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch. It's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie, and fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Now back to Gold Mines with host Kevin Hart. He and I became friends many years. I mean, in the early 90s, he and I mm-hmm. became friends. Uh, we were set up on a blind date that never happened, and we wound up just becoming friends. And uh, we were both friends with um, with someone who who wound up taking us on a lot of trips and we would go on vacations together. I've actually been around the world with Anderson and uh, I just, we just always had a vibe. I always loved making him laugh. He was, he's always been around in my life. And I'd say when I got the talk show 15 years ago, he became even more important in my life as, you know, a sounding board and someone Mm -hmm. who had the experience of being on TV live every Mm -hmm. night. And that's what I was doing. And he was, he was, he kind of helped me keep my head on straight when I was, when I said something stupid or I was in trouble or I'm about Mm -hmm. to get canceled or whatever he would, he would guide me and help me. Um, And so we wound up, I guess it was before I got the new year's Eve gig that I that we wound up going on this tour together where he was interviewing me for my 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 second book or something wow. on stage okay. or third book okay. and his agent said you know I uh rep- her, his agent I think represented Bill O'Reilly at the time okay. and Bill O'Reilly and Dennis Miller were on a big tour together and they would just it was like a conversation between the two of them she said I think you guys could do it and we tried it and we wound up going on tour together. And I think once uh, there became a, an availability with him on New Year's Eve, he and I were already kind of a duo that was that was touring the country. And I think he must have suggested me to CNN. And Jeff Zucker, who is the ultimate person who, you know, greenlit Watch What Happens <laughs> yes. Live, he Shout then was running Jeff. CNN. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I love Andy. This will be great. And then I got that job. And now we're seven years into it. Seven years into it. And I love doing it. Some of the best it. TV. Some of the yeah, best yeah. TV. You uh, were so funny that, that year that we couldn't drink. You oh, were my God. So much well, y'all, shit. Couldn't, y'all couldn't drink? No. It was so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. I came in so hot. You mean I to know. tell me y'all not fucking drinking? Like, I know. Why y'all, like, why, what is the point of me? Why am I here? Why am right. I here if you guys can't drink with me? You guys right. are just, it's like you didn't, I love that y'all just let me, y'all let me oh, go yeah. and say all the things well, you were you the guys. voice. You were saying yes. what everyone in the audience wanted Absolutely. to say. Absolutely. So it was perfect. Absolutely. I've, I've done it for you guys. I think I've done it twice, either two or I three times. Too, yeah. I, yeah. I like I've done it. I think I've done it twice. But what I love the most um, about the year where where you guys did uh, get drank and you know you were feeling it, I love that that it showed the real side 
of not just TV, but the real side of live and what live yeah. television needs. Yes. desperately needs and misses are live moments. Like the moments that you can, man. yes. And they're not, yeah. those aren't things to, to like, you know, punish or hold yes. on to his problems. Those are things to highlight. Like when you got people, I remember when Don, Don had, you know, a little too many and Don got right, loose right, and that's right, what new year's right. is about. By the way, right. that's what the world is doing. The world is doing the same thing. Right. And it's you year's guys, Eve you guys were personalities that were so relatable, so funny, so passionate about things while at the Thank same you. time navigating and holding down the show, man. And you know, it's the, the respect level just went through the roof even more. Thank you. It's so funny. Uh, we, uh, I, you know, this year we got off the air and he and I just, he, we went downtown to corner bistro for a burger, uh, Shout out Corner Bistro, best burger in New York City. Mm-hmm. And we uh, we're sitting there and I said, you know, he goes, God, I've had so much fun with you. Like, that was so fun. Here we were. We were on TV for about five hours. It felt like an hour. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I said to him, you know, you can't fake our friendship. I mean, no. it's real no. and that is a vibe and that's like lightning in a bottle. When we're together, we're just, we're like a unit and it just works. We're just high and low and we're, I'm silly and he's straight. But then on New Year's Eve, I suddenly become the straight man because he's in a puddle of giggles all night. All night. And um, I'm you get to see him like you've never seen him. A little bit. You get yeah. to see him like you've never seen him, but to also your a point, lightweight. He's a major. Yeah, he can't drink. So he can't drink at all. He can't drink. So I'm, you know, I'm a tank. I can keep doing shots. I'm fine. Like keep going. He's giggling like a schoolgirl. You know. <laughs> I, I love what you said, man. It's like you just you can't fake you can't fake that friendship. You can't right. fake the chemistry. Like you know, um, authentic authentic and fresh it is on camera and i once again man i just i i had to show you the love because i love to see you guys together um and you know cnn cnn is a is a it's a place of heavy information all the time and on new year's you know you guys you guys make it something different you guys you guys bring in guests you guys are personable there's wit there's funny there's humor uh and at the same time when you guys were able to to drink there was the loose side of oh my god we don't know what's going to happen which is where a lot of people were tuning in for so i hope i hope you know, in the next one, like I get to see the old version of that back, and I'm gonna be a voice. Oh, we, I'm drank a petition for it. we drank this year. We drank this year. What was the conversation continue. after? What was the conversation after? Like the year where they felt like it was a lot. What was that conversation with the heads? What did they say to you? Guys? Oh well, so Jeff Zucker <laughs> called me the next day, and he was like, he was very kind to me. But he okay. was calling to let me know that CNN was maybe going to have to put out a statement regarding the de Blasio thing. Okay. Because okay. what I did, if y'all don't know, I just I torched the mayor of New York City. I mean, yeah. I absolutely torched him. Got real close and to the camera too. Yeah, real I close did. to the camera. I was like, I was like, the, you know, I was like the guy in the bar telling everyone, <laughs> you know, I, by the way. That how I was was how Donald Trump is on a daily basis, like the crazy guy who can't shut the fuck up, who's just going on rants about things. That's what I was. Now, I would not have gone on such a rant about de Blasio if I didn't think that it was the safest topic in the world. He was so yeah. unpopular. The other thing that I thought was great about it was he, he was a Democrat. So it would have been so obvious oh. if I was like going off on Donald Trump or some yeah. Republican. Yeah. It's like it's almost yeah, we get it, Andy. Yeah. You're you, you hate this way. guy, whatever. Yes. But I thought, you know what? This is great. Like, who's gonna give me shit for yeah. going off on de Blasio? Now, Jeff Zucker did call. He's like, Look, I don't you know, I, I just want you to be aware CNN is, you know, we have to release a statement because everyone's asking us. And I think that the statement was um a light slap on the wrist. Uh, but he very clearly was um, he, he was kind to me and yeah. he was kind to me about my just freedom to do what, whatever. And I think, look, Jeff is someone who knows, 
he's he's really smart and he knows about publicity and he knows about so he saw that we kind of broke the internet that night mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. you know that was a new year's eve that was talked about for a few weeks after there was still a lot of oh talk my God. of it was a great thing that we did so um i almost went off on eric adams this year and i was like anderson was like kind of holding me back at about 12:15 yeah. in the morning yeah. and i was like all right let me let me let me chill here Felt it. He felt it coming. All right. He just the yeah. the little dial back. You know, I yeah. can relate to the to the alcohol infusing uh, emotional moments on TV. You know, uh, Super Bowl where Eagles won. I had quite the uh, quite the downswing. Which uh, oh really? You know, it, oh my God, man! They were. I remember after the Super Bowl. Okay, I, I get the hand on my chest because I'm trying to get up to the podium to get the trophy. And after that, I'm like, man, forget that. And I start walking around. They're doing like live hits. Like with, uh, I remember it was like, was it Deion Sanders and Randy Moss? I'm not sure what the lineup on NFL Today was, but they called me up there and I stand up. And they're like, oh, Kevin, he was, well, how you feel? And I was like, how you think I fucking feel? And I was like, ooh. Wait, this live? And he was like, right. yeah, I was like, I'm right. out. And I like jump off of that one, go to another. Right. It was, I was a mess. I was all over the end of that that night. But right. I wouldn't have right. changed it for the world. The yeah. fun that I had with my friends from Philadelphia was insane. Granted, yeah. uh, I was toasted right. beyond belief, but yes. it was for a good reason. That was the first Super yes. Bowl uh, that the Eagles got in years. And I got to experience yeah. it with my hometown friends from Philadelphia. So that was a big moment. Real big I moment. I love that. Shout out to the Philadelphia Eagles for possibly playing one of the worst playoff games recently. Yeah, uh, destroyed me. That was so uh, bad. Even I heard about it. Yeah. Well, it it it, it yeah. definitely hurt my pride. It it really sure did, it did, and I'm not happy about it. But anyway, look, that's not about the Eagles. Okay, this is about right. you, and this is about this amazing interview that we are now having. Kevin, let me ask you a question. Okay, go ahead. Are those your teeth? Yeah, what do you mean? Are these my teeth? Yes. Well, they're Whose so teeth white. They're, they're so nice. I yeah, just didn't you know, know if they were like. If 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 you got all if you got a tooth glow up, no, no, okay. any, I, I just brush my teeth. I don't believe okay. in in getting the fake teeth. I don't okay, want. Good. I don't want the porcelain wall. Like you I know, agree. a lot of these people get that get that porcelain wall, and they just pop on you with this smile as if it was like that the other day. And I don't like that nobody calls them on it. Hey, horse mouth, what happened right. to you? Uh, boot boot shoes. What what? When did you just do that? I I am a firm believer in uh keeping it how it is. So yeah. these are these are my teeth, and uh you know you know we got a little misdirection on the bottom row here and there. They were fighting not too long ago. Uh, but they're, they're well, you have nice teeth. Well, that's well. Then that then that question leads me to say you have very nice teeth. Well, I appreciate it, Andy. Thank you, man. Yeah, no problem. Uh, no so, problem. dude, real quick, I don't want to move from New Year's Eve. Uh, you were taking tequila shots, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, just an easy question here. Knowing that I have a tequila, why weren't those shots of Grand Coromino? Why wouldn't you guys um, ask me for Grand Coromino? Because you could have just said, Kevin, send me something. You could have said, Kevin, send me some, send me some tequila. You could have said, Kevin, send us a gift basket. You could have. I could have. And you didn't. I could have. And you didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't. It's, the, self, you know it's why? the selfish things. You know why? Why? I helped another friend in need who has a small tequila brand called De Nada, and he's my friend Danny Neeson, and he's Liam Neeson's son, and I've known him okay. since he was about four years old. Okay. And I helped him out and I said, I'm going to drink your tequila you know on what? New Year's Eve. You get and no so pushback. It was unselfish. It was okay. unselfish. Well, you get no yeah. pushback. By the way, yes. shouts out to De Nada uh, yeah. and shouts out to Liam. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm a firm believer that there's room for so many. There, there is room. You, go. There uh, you, you know, go. next time I'll make sure that I bless you with the premium side of. Grand Cormino. Just, uh, I know. And you uh, left me some after you were on the show and I appreciate it. And it's behind my yeah. bar right now. The bar, the bar is such a great addition to the yes. show. The, the bar, yeah. the ability to integrate bartenders or yes. other personnel. I love that. Yeah. I love that side me of too. the, of the talk yeah, show that you've done that you created. Um, I got to get into another piece, man. I got another good piece right now. We've talked about 
Once again, just doing a recap, success behind the desk is in the deck, is in the creative opportunity to get in front of the camera. Great. Still held on to some producing opportunities. Hence, you, the real housewives of. Okay, after doing that, well, you know what? I love the write. You started writing because of Andy Warhol and something they did that you found to be so dope. You said, you know what? Let me see if this fits what I want to do. And that template of like the diary and that format of doing it you found success in you did three versions of that by the way five times new york times bestseller okay well now we get into the side of like today you're talking about life of the 50 you're talking about being a dad what do you want to do now what more do you want from the business or do you not want from the business you know what I mean, I don't want you to think that I don't have a tremendous amount of ambition because I do, but I'm really good right now. I am right now trying to just keep all the planes in the air. If I can keep, I will do this talk show for as long as Bravo wants me to. I want to keep the housewives going, which is a hard thing. And we do it, you know, we handle with care these shows and, uh, I want to keep them going as long as I can. And uh, I also, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm working on the, on the book imprint. I'm good. I mean, yeah. I get pitch shows all the time that people either want me to produce or host. I do very little. I only do it if, if I really think, oh, well, either this is going to be a hit or this is something I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm really content and I, I, like I think that what where I am right now is I'm you know what? I'm not someone who has looked over my shoulder a lot for a lot of my life. I remember when I was a desk assistant at CBS News and I was like, this is the coolest thing. My check says CBS on it. Like, wow, I've hit the big time. I was so psyched about going to that building every day because I wanted to work in TV. So, I mean. Obviously, there's been a level of ambition that I've had through my career, but I, I, I'm someone who's generally my resting state is happy unless someone tells me otherwise. I like it. I like that yeah. answer, man. And, you know, I, the one thing that I do want to just double back to in question, you said, like, uh, I would love to do the the housewives, you know, if if I can or, you know, if, if they allow it. Like, do you feel like um, at times the lifting from a producing standpoint, um, you know, that's attached to that show, does it get to be a lot? Is it hard to manage um, or just kind of keep everyone aligned on the same page? It, it, I mean, at this point, it's a well-run machine and we've got – I think it, it used to be a lot harder and I also mm-hmm. think that I was, frankly, way more involved than I am now. I am still really involved, but I just think it's um, – it's gotten to the point where we know what the show is. We know, you know, we've created the show. We've cast. They're all up and going. So I think everyone who's been doing it has been doing it for a long time. So we mm-hmm. all have kind of been working together for a long time. So it's like, it's, it's, it's good. We, we're, we're all work together. Right. Okay. I mean, that's a, that's one of the most challenging things, you know, as a producer, just to our audience listening here, the biggest piece to producing is people management. Yes. Uh, And the housewives are not low maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I asked, like, is that taxing uh, just from a mental standpoint? Because you're dealing with the needs, the expectations, the wants, the feelings, emotions, you know, you become a, uh, a hard drive of, you know, downloads and how much of them you allow to stay versus how much of them you just like are able to delete and get rid of uh, is the question. And I think, you know, for me, I love producing. I love developing, but I don't love um, the managing and operating with the variety of like, egos at times or you know talent if it's not the right group or the right person absolutely right and i think it also i will say so that that also adds to why a lot of things are pitched to me and i always think to myself do i want to be a call on a call about this show yeah 
nine at night when I yeah. want to be in there with my, you know, my kids yeah. or in bed or doing my own thing? Or do I want to be hearing from the, the this talent on this show at all hours yeah. and handholding and whatever? Like what you have to, you know, look, I'm I'm in a place in my life where I can be picky, which is a yeah. wonderful, powerful place to be. But um, but yes, you are you are absolutely right. Well, I love your breakdown. I love your logic, more importantly. Uh, and man, I just love your energy. You know, Andy, I don't I don't say what I say uh, just to say it, right? Like uh, a fan, and I do consider you like a friend within this business. I'm, I'm big on relationships. I'm big on consistency. And I love that over the course of time, you know, we're both able to say we're still here. We're still doing what we're doing at a high level. Um, and I just love to see people win. And my friend, you are and you have, I hope that you just continue, continue to do what you're doing. Uh, I hope that the platform continues to like open up doors for so many. Um, your your outreach and your bandwidth that you have created um, from that talk show and from the shock factors to the viral moments and just the tone that's attached to it is dope as hell. My friends, Thanks, you, you are and will be a real pioneer in this business. Uh, I'm just happy that you've had the success that you've had. I want you to get more. I really do. Thanks, dude. I mean that, man. Thanks, dude. I, I really I appreciate, appreciate you. You are so kind, and I appreciate you having me, and I love the conversation. And uh, you're a sweetheart. Man, look, this is this is easy conversation when you're talking to people that just understand how to talk. Right, you right. understand how to be authentic and engaged. That's why I wanted to have you on Gold Minds, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You know what this is? This is Gold Minds. You know what we do? We get inside the minds of amazing people. And today was no different. I hope you learn more. I hope you understand more. More importantly, I hope you want to know even more than what you got today. And if you do, educate yourself in this world of books. Uh, like I said, five times best-selling author, um, Daddy Diaries. I know is one of them. That's the latest, I believe. Uh, am I right? And yeah. like like you right. said, there's there's two diary versions before. Um, you can also catch him on Sirius XM. Uh, wow, he's got Radio Andy, and he got Andy Cohen's Kiki Lounge. Also, guys, executive producer, Real Housewives, and also watch What Happens Live. He's a man with many talents, and he's a man that you can see many places. Uh, just make it your business to see him on one of those. I appreciate you being on, man. Thanks, dude. I appreciate <laughs> it. Have a great day. Tell your daughter. My God. Yes, sir. Gold Mines with Kevin Hart is a serious XM and Laugh Out Loud radio production. Executive produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, Mike Stein, Brian Smiley, Eric Eddings, and Eric Wyel. Produced by Danny Sellers and Leslie Guam. And engineered by Danny Sellers. that it's the call of the crave and when the crave calls you know what to do try the five dollar bacon bundle because the only thing better than a white castle slider is a white castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon so pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider 1921 bacon cheese slider or chicken bacon ranch slider and also get a small fry for just five dollars with the five dollar bacon bundle white castle follow your crave when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.